Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Damien Kristoff and Dr. Brett Hill. Hey Brett, this episode is brought to you by Forage. Forage. Love my Forage cereal, Damo. My Forage Paleo with uh, such a great way to start the day. I make my little homemade almond meal, uh, almond milk, I should say. I put some uh, strawberries on it. It's yeah. beautiful. Yum, 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 yum. Yeah, I love Forage. Um, I created it with your health in mind, and obviously I created Paleo because you told me to. And uh, so <laughs> thank you so much for that. But this episode is brought to you by Forage. It's a great tasting, incredibly healthy, no added nasty muesli range that uh, I created to help you stay well. So if you want to see more about it, go to www.foragecereal.com. G'day, everyone. It's Damien here. And it's Brett here. Hello, Bretto. Hey, Damo. This was a great interview. You organised this one, which is awesome. And you did a you picked a ripper of a bloke to come on and share some awesome information with us about omega-3s, which is, I thought, a topic that had been kind of done to death. But I felt like there was some really new, interesting information that came out that was well worth doing an episode on. Yeah, I know. Like I thought I knew a fair bit about omega three, but Gerald, I mean, he's well researched. He's a pharmacist, um, but he's in our camp. You know, he really he loves the complementary alternative medicine. Field. He gets a bit fired up. I like that. Yeah, I like that he gets fired up. I love that he gets fired up. He's very passionate. He's uh, a bit disappointed with what uh, is happening in Australia at the moment in and around um, natural health and uh, uh, people's feel. ability to decide and to utilize and choose natural health as one of their options. So he's very fired up about that. Perhaps Bredo you and I should do a bit of a, an episode about that. I think that'd be a good thing. Definitely. Mm. Can we? Let's get fired up on let's an episode. Get, let's get angry. Let's have a rant episode. Yes. Ooh, why don't we yes. rant? We'll have a rant episode about all things worth ranting about. That sounds like fun. Oh, that'd be great. Well, this episode has a bit of a rant in it. You'll hear Gerald get on a, a soapbox, which I loved. I actually wanted to make the whole episode about it. But you will learn about some really novel testing for omega-3s in this particular episode and, and what sort of omega-3 fatty acids are most beneficial. So um, tune in, everyone. G'day, Bruno. G'day, Damo. How are you, mate? Very excited today, Bruno. Apart from um, meeting this fine gentleman um, on the golf course, as I often do, uh, today we're interviewing a very special guest and friend of mine, and uh, in fact, almost family for me. Uh, Gerald Quigley is a world-famous pharmacist. You'll find him uh, in the radio airwaves throughout Australia, um, talking about all kinds of things to do with health and well-being. He flies a flag for wellness and nutrition and integrative medicine, complementary alternative medicine. He's a great friend of the wellness couch, the wellness guys. He's a great friend of, of everything that we do, Brett. So it's a, a great pleasure to welcome our great friend, Gerald, quickly to share with us today on Omega-3 Fatty Acids. So well, welcome, uh, Gerald, to this podcast. Welcome, Gerald. Thank, thank you, Damien. Thank you, Brett. I'm very excited to be talking to you because these are important messages we'll be talking about today. Absolutely. But uh, you might not know this, but um, Gerald, uh, he's got three beautiful daughters, and one of his beautiful daughters uh, married my very ugly cousin, Brent, and uh, <laughs> they and, – and, and actually, uh, Libby – has made that couple a beautiful couple, and uh, and I've I've known these guys for probably twenty must be twenty something years, Gerald. I suppose yeah, I've seen Gerald get up on stage, and Gerald's at every single seminar that I'm at, and he's he's a trusted advisor. He's well educated. He knows everything. So when we talk about these things, all of our listeners 
will be able to rest assured and feel confident that we're getting the, the best of the best information today about omega-3 fatty acids and probably anything else that we go on to talk about. So, Gerald, what I was fascinated with with this particular uh, podcast and what we're going to be talking about today is the ability to measure omega-3 fatty acid levels in the blood. Can you tell us more about, I suppose, what are omega-3 fatty acids and why should we have lots of them in our blood? When we talk omega-3 fatty acids, we're really talking tools that we use against inflammation. And lots of uh, people around the world in, in many countries that that have uh, folks who live for a long, long time and live a very healthy lifestyle rely on omega-3 fatty acids as the basis of their good fat intake and their protein intake. And what's happened over time is that we've pushed these things into the background with the the arrival of prepackaged food and fast food and probably high carb diets. So these these things have been pushed into the background. And with all due respect to the complementary medicine industry, there certainly is a a valiant attempt to reintroduce them as fish oil or krill oil or flaxseed oil or olive oil. And all of those things are very noble. And in their raw foods, so we know that oily fish is good for us, but Australians are notorious uh, poor fish eaters, especially oily fish. Uh, I worry about uh, tuna, especially with mercury content, especially in cans. So yeah. we don't have a lot of options for these other than taking a supplement. And often we take the supplement with, and we don't really know whether we are getting any change into the content of essential fatty acids in our red blood cells. And as you mentioned, there is now a test that shows you with a simple finger prick test, uh, a test that's available that you can send away. Uh, at this stage, the testing results don't come from Australia, but in January that will change, where it gives you a number. We all love numbers. Um, we know our blood, well, we should know. We should know about what our blood pressure is and probably about what our total cholesterol is, or even though that's meaningless. And blokes know their PSA ratings. And, and the, so here's another number that probably is worth knowing, and that's the content in our red blood cells of essential fatty acids. And we do have a test now that we can see whether supplementing with a, an omega-3 will make a difference or not. And it's been shown that if you take appropriate doses, and that's a whole new issue as well because especially fish oil is very confusing. It comes in a 1,000 milligram capsule, as you know, and you can get 300 milligram of essential fatty acid in that or you can get double the content of essential fatty acid. But it's there's, a, there's misinformation that it's a 1,000 milligram of essential fatty acid. And in fact, it's not. And we need probably in fish 2,000 plus milligram, 2,400 arthritis Australia tell us in osteoarthritis to make a difference to the levels of inflammation that are initiating that particular disease. Krill, on the other hand, is a different packaging of essential fatty acid and it really means we need less capsules to make a difference to the essential fatty acid of our uh, of our red blood cells so there's there's a little bit more news and a little bit more research coming out now showing that the benefits of all omega-3s are there we know that now we're starting to use them properly in a therapeutic action where we are trying to get the best results to reduce inflammation 
therefore reduce the risk of the diseases of ageing and replace the fact that most of us just don't eat enough woody fish across a week. That's great, Joe. I mean, it's great that we can measure it because so many people are confused about how much they need to eat and whether they're getting enough from yeah. fish and you know, whether they're eating grass-fed meats and whether that makes a difference or if they do take sure. a supplement, whether it's good enough quality. You know, so being able to actually measure it, I think, is really important. Um, when it comes to measuring it, are, are we able to measure, is it just the total omega-3 content? Are we, are we able to dig it's- a little bit deeper and find out you know, things like EPA and DHA and all those sort of things as well? No, it's a combined reading at this stage. Now, these tests will become more sophisticated as time goes by. So it's a an EPA and DHA level, um, but it doesn't really tell us the levels of each. And that would be quite fascinating because uh, we all know that for, very, for, for straight out inflammation, one is better than the other. For brain health, one is better than the other. Um, in pregnancy, one is better than the other. So when we're talking DHA and EPA, there are differences, and that can often depend on the levels of uh, the, the sources of omega-3. Calamari oil, for instance, has higher levels of DHA, so considered probably better for brain health. But at least we're turning the corner on finding and exploring and proving that omega-3 intake is essential, uh, bearing in mind that that half Australia is on some sort of anti-inflammatory drug, Um, dementia rates are going through the roof, diabetes is out of control. Anything we can do to reduce the risk of these diseases of ageing, I think we've got to look at, we've got a responsibility to patients instead of the Band-Aid remedies, which is really offered within the system. It's called a health system, but it's really an illness system. Oh, I'm loving this. I'm loving where this is going, Gerald. Um, I like to call it a sickness system as well, it's a, or a health scare system. We're in a health scare system. If you don't do this, you'll die is kind of what Yes, so yes. I, um, yeah, I have grave concerns where Australia's heading at the moment, with particular legislation that's just been passed to outlaw the claiming of uh, integrative health through your health fund. I think it's crazy. We're, well, we're going backwards. We're turning to the dark yeah. ages. Damien, that's, that's a political thing. Let's not yeah, talk it, about Well, that it today. is, but, but patients can actually get involved. So we might sort of call out to those who pay for private health insurance extras who yeah. have been hoodwinked, hoodwinked into thinking they're getting a good deal. Um, yeah. I, I, I blame private health insurers for really just not having the courage to stand up and represent the, uh, the contributors um, yeah. You know, they're all crying poor and they get incremental increases in their rates every year. But frankly, I've never seen a poor um, employee or CEO of these organisations. Uh, which you, they aren't, They're not delivering anything back to the subscriber. It's not as if you get it all covered. You might get 20 or 30 dollars back from a... Yeah, that, yeah, that's it. Now, that's disgraceful because... That's right. That's this system should be encouraging people to take control of their own health, and there's disincentives being put in front of us all the time to take that responsibility away. And that, in Australia, 2017, that is a disgrace. It's a disgrace. Is it a disgrace? Going back to omega three fatty acids, yeah. just for a moment before we get back into that, because I, I, I could talk for a whole day on that with you, Gerald. <laughs> I reckon. I think we need to open up a nice bottle of uh, Shiraz and just sit down at Brent's house and have some of that, and, and we'll do that. We'll get all feisty. But um, what um, what I'm interested in, you made a comment just before, which I, uh, I I'm fascinated in. I've always been of the opinion that the omega three um, fish based 
triglyceride oils are the best way to go. Um, I always thought that that was the way to go. So anchovy oil, halibut oil, um, uh, you know, uh, salmon, omega-3 fatty acids, they were the sorts of uh, omega-3 fats that we wanted. But you mentioned, which I found fascinating, that uh, krill oil, um, you're able to, you know, get your your dose up or get your, your yes. levels up easier with less. But yes. I thought that that was a waxy form of triglyceride, difficult or waxy form no, that, of omega three fatty acid, and tough to get into the body. So no, I'm excited by that. Yeah, krill, in fact, um, is a phospholipid packaging. Now our cells are all loaded with phospholipids. Yeah. So yeah. it's a much more friendly way. Not only that. Whereas in fish oil, you've got to add vitamin E to stop it becoming oxidized, krill oil in its natural state contains astaxanthin, which gives it a bit of a red pigment. It's a carotenoid, and that's a natural antioxidant to prevent it from oxidizing. So when you look at what happens with fish, and, and when fish is harvested, they bring it out of the water and they chop it up into bits, and it really goes um, rancid straight away. So it's... On the deck of the boat or wherever it's all happening, it goes quite dark and it's got to be bleached back in to the form we see, which is a beautiful, clear, lovely oil that's often labelled natural. But it's gone through a few processes. (laughs) Krill on the other hand. Yeah, so krill on the other hand uh, is, in fact, it's just the krill. It's brought up and squeezed and that's it. Um, You get what's there. There's there's really no. Extra is there no refining? There's no refining and stripping out of anything? No, Are they cleaning no. it out of heavy metals, etc.? Et no. And that, that brings up another interesting fact that all we do in Australia um, is measure, in fact, companies are only expected to put up levels of DHA and EPA. But we know that there are a whole string of essential fatty acids in fish. Yeah. And, and we, all we do is focus, it's a bit like the total cholesterol vary uh, compared to the fractions and particle sizes. Um, all we've done is essentially talk about EPA and DHA, which is lovely, it's better than nothing, but it's not representing the whole spectrum of essential fatty acids. And that is contained much more effectively in krill than it is in fish. Fascinating. That is fascinating. Hey, uh, Gerard, I'd love you to talk a little bit about vegetarian sources of uh, essential fatty acids because often people are talking about, you know, different ways that they want to try and get this into their diet and and a lot of people talk about the conversion uh, of vegetarian sources and how suitable that is for people. So can you talk a little bit about that, about whether that's possible and how you'd go about doing that? It's not as effective. We know that those who wish to take flaxseed, and, and that's that's fine, at least they're getting some some omega-3s. And there's chia and there's a number of other things uh, from a vegetarian perspective. Uh, for those who decide to go to flaxseed, they've got to have an efficient system whereby there's a conversion within the body. And, and that, in many cases, isn't the case. So we know vegetarians tend to live longer. Uh, they tend to be much more health-conscious. They probably no, they don't. Pay pro- Vegetarians <laughs> don't live longer. Well, I think I think they do. No, I think they do. Well, you look at the Okinawans or the Ikareans or the Sardinians. Or well, no, the I'm, talking, I'm talking in today's society that vegetarians normally are much more health conscious, and and hmm. look whether and that's probably we could go on debating that. The fact is that yeah, let's have that. Let's do that over a bottle of Shiraz. We, I think that's probably better. The people who people who are vegetarian, whilst sitting up with them, drive to be mad. Um, especially if you go to a steak restaurant. Uh, uh, the, imagine a, imagine a, a vegetarian celiac or with uh, FODMAP sensitivities. That'd be challenging. 
Well, it's you wouldn't work in the hospitality industry today's flight of the moon because you've almost have got to have a degree in food management just to be able to advise someone how to read a menu. But but in all of that, as long as you're supplementing with some sort of form, we're talking here inflammation, and this is only one in the anti-inflammatory. There's lots of others. There's there's herbs like turmeric which work superbly in combination with omega-3. So we shouldn't put all our eggs in one basket anyway. We need a range of anti-inflammatory things that reduce our levels of inflammation, therefore reduce our risk of developing chronic disease, one of which is omega-3s, and we can measure our levels. Uh, it's cons- adequate levels, and they talk in numbers, as I said. Adequate levels are 8+. plus. Most Australians would be 3 to 4, if that. Um, wow. And that's from, from random testing that I've seen done in cohorts of people where they're just really trying to find some sort of base level in Australia. So our levels of essential fatty acids on an island uh, where we think we've got a magnificent lifestyle are much lower than world-accepted levels, which is eight and above. And it's been shown that if you supplement with, and the, all this has been done on krill because they're trying to to justify this expectation that the different packaging means that you get more bang for the buck. Um, it's been shown within three to four months to raise levels quite consistently. Mm. Wow. So how quickly are we seeing the increase happening, Gerald? Is usually it, usually three to four months of, say, yeah. a 1,000 milligram once or twice a day. And while yeah. we're talking krill, I find that, that there are many folk that think that whales are all going to die because of, of krill. And, I, was, uh, I was thinking that when you said that. Yeah, well, I'm more concerned about fish stocks because fish stocks across the world are being um, depleted quite significantly yeah. because there's, there's very little policing of that. Krill, on the other hand, um, is, is there's a couple of really, really, really close sustainability issues involved around that. Uh, and there's, they do take, this is particularly out of Canada, they take real responsibility in ensuring that krill stocks are maintained. And there is an allowable quota. And I think the current harvesting is about 0.1% of the allowable quota because the th- wonderful thing about krill is it replenishes within six to seven months. Uh, Fish take years and years and years to actually grow, and a lot of them are bowled over by pollution anyway. So we're talking here about Southern Ocean, pure, abundant marine biomass. There's a Marine Stewardship Council. It's sustainably sourced, and there's a lot of responsibility being taken, and it really is toxin-free, which is, you know, that's really, it's almost, uh, of course, the phrase we use these days, it's almost a superfood. Yeah, yeah, imagine um, superfood, cruel muffins. I can imagine, I can see it happening now. uh, Look, uh, it's got to be on your shelf. Yeah, and they'd be gluten-free as well, hopefully. (laughs) Absolutely. Gerald, obviously we're talking about this testing thing. Um, So you mentioned earlier on it's a finger prick thing. Um, Yes, Rock on and get it. Now, are all pharmacies offering this? Is this done through health uh, stores? Look, is this, look uh, where do we get yeah, it? it? It really it really is um, pharmacies, not all pharmacies. A lot of pharmacists aren't really looking at this sort of pathway as making a difference to people's health. A pharmacy, sadly, has gone into a almost a retail, a straight-out retail involve, involvement. We're talking here about patient care. We're talking here about perhaps 
restoring a person's quality of life. And I'm not sure pharmacists are all over that at the moment. Uh, it may return, but I don't think they're all over it. So there are some. So I know who that. Can I do it then? Can can chiropractors well, offer it? Can naturopaths yeah, offer it? Or is it only absolutely. pharmacists? Absolutely. Uh, any look, if you've got um, this is a this is a self test. Um, a lot of people don't like pricking their own finger. Uh, and if it means you've got to be there to help them do it and put a drop of blood on a little pad and fold it up and send it away, well, I yeah. think most of us would be happy to do it. But you can Absolutely. do it at home. It requires requires a decent drop of blood. It's not just a little dab, so it looks a bit brutal. But, um, look, it, it's, it's just a drop that you put on a pad. You then seal the pad, put your uh, name and email address onto the details, make the email address as clear as you can. In, do you know the biggest issue the testing has had is illegible and, un, and, and unable to understand email addresses because the results are sent back to you by email. And uh, if we can't, if they can't understand your email address, well, you're not going to get your results. You've got to prick your finger again, which is no fun. Uh, well, Damo, just make sure Amber does it while you're lying down on the bed, you know, just in case you've fainted yeah, no, the side I'll of your own blood. Oh, <laughs> yes, wait, absolutely. Oh. Absolutely, I think being semi-conscious, being semi-conscious for you, Damien, might be best. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Gerald, I'm curious. You know, there's going to be a lot of people listening in who are thinking, okay, if the average Australian is at, you know, three to four and we're supposed to yes. be at eight, but they might be thinking, yes. well, you know, I eat, you know, fish in my diet. I eat grass-fed meats. I have my smoothie yes. in the morning with flaxseed and chia. Maybe I'm okay. You know, do you think those people still need to get tested? Well, it's up. It's up, it's important, Brett. You know, this is an this is a suggestion. We're talking here about taking control, becoming empowered in your own health. Now, if I was buying an omega three supplement, month after month after month, be that a practitioner product or not, I'd like to know where I sit on the fence. I'd like to know that what I'm taking is giving me the results that the practitioner has suggested, mm. the label has suggested, or that I expect. I'd like to know, and I've done the test. Um, I think it's it just is comforting to know that you're on the right track. How did you because, go? How did you go, Joe? What was your number? Yeah, I was an eight because I've been taking krill for about five years or six years. Top of the tree. So, well done. Well, no, I'm that. not on the top of the tree, but I'm I'm further up the tree than you are, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to test myself. Well, hopefully, I'm at least at three. Just, just on that, Gerald, I guess the, the, that's kind of the point I was trying to get at is these people who are doing it just or trying to do it just through your diet, you know, with our yes. modern diets and our modern foods and all those sort of things, you know, even someone who eats healthy, you know, what do you think are the chances that they are actually hitting that eight number without doing supplements? Like, is that pretty slim or is there a chance they might get there or, like, you know, where do you think that sits? No, that's, that's very slim. I think, as I said, most Australians are around a four or so, and that's linked with a relatively high risk of cardiovascular disease and stroke. Um, recent, current research is now showing that uh, the, this sort of omega-3 anti-inflammatory plays a very important role in uh, arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, osteoarthritis. So we're talking here about reducing – we know that inflammation results in many, many, many diseases of modern living and longer living. And that could be things like dementia, certainly all the arthritis issues, and more especially cardiovascular disease. Here is a way, whether you take fish, whether you take krill, whether you try and get it from natural sources, here's a way that you can actually draw a line in the sand and say, here I am, this is where I am. 
and this is where I would this is where I'm I gather I have to be so I'm going to change something either change supplements increase my intake of supplements eat more oily fish grass-fed beef chia seed all of those things because every little thing we do can contribute to better levels of essential fatty acids in our red blood cells that's a great point, Gerald. I think that's uh, it's a really great thing for people to consider that if you are going to get testing done, ask yourself the question first. So what if you get the information? If you get the information and you don't do anything with it, it's it's redundant. It, may, it means you've just either wasted money or you've found information that's not going to be of any benefit to you or anybody else. So really, it's, I, I, say, I say this for testing your DNA or going out to get cholesterol checked or going out if you're not going to do anything with the information don't worry sure. about getting a test but if you're really serious about you know moving well through wellness and moving well into your life and aging appropriately then getting information so you can action it to alter your lifestyle is important so you're not going to go and do a vo2 max cardiovascular no. test if you're not going to go and start exercising regardless of the results you know what i mean so you're only doing this if you feel like you're going to create um, a change in your life that will bring you closer to wellness. I think that's what's important to remember there. Yeah, yes, it is. And it's all about empowerment and education, uh, Damien and, and Brett. And I think the, the patient we see these days is an informed patient. They've got a, a bit of an idea of what, what's going on, and a lot of them are very disappointed with what they're being offered. And there is a, a sense oh, yeah, yeah, that agree. they can do better and they're starting to step outside the accepted guidelines, which are the illness guidelines. And it's almost like a funnel that they've got to be filtered down before they are rewarded with various medications. Now, the only way we can arrest that is for proper education, for reinvigorating the interest in food because for some reason or other food is considered um, probably just inappropriate and in fact it's not and when you consider the benefits even sitting down in a group and eating together that all contributes to a happier person whose levels of inflammation will probably be much lower than that socially isolated person who's sitting in front of the tv eating mindlessly well, I often say that, Joe, and I often say that it's probably way better to have a steak and chips with your mates than yep. to sit in the corner by yourself sucking a kale smoothie. I, uh, I'd much prefer to be hanging out with your friends, laughing, banter, all those sorts of things, and probably eating kale, but sure. uh, also, you know, making sure you're having some fun and rather than sitting down, stressing out about what might go into your mouth. But um, it is really important to understand, too, that the human body is remarkable mm. and that we will continue to repair. And I think that what's happening in Australia at the moment is people are losing trust and faith in their own body they don't feel empowered that oh. they can decrease any or mitigate any risk factors associated with disease they've been told that if they've got a diagnosis it's pretty much doomsday or it's a it's a death sentence and that's sure. what that's now their classification i think it's really important and i love the message that you sh that you share in your spread gerald is that people can make decisions create chances and choices in their life that will actually lead them towards a healthier life and, and i love that you, you you spread that message so thank you it's pretty simple it's not difficult it just means we've essentially got to pull a finger out and do something about our own health that's all not hard. It's not hard at all. Absolutely. <laughs> Gerald, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an insightful, very informative podcast. I know a lot of people will be asking questions. Where can people find more information about this particular test, Gerald? Uh, they can go into their local pharmacist who, if he yep. or she is particularly interested, they can order it. 
Yep. Uh, practitioners can order it from Akabaya Marine in, uh, and you can just get onto their website. Um, so this is this is TGA approved. So it's a it's a rigid edge test, and um, I, I think it'll be a very powerful tool in our drive to reduce uh, inflammation levels, particularly cardiovascular risk. Uh, so great! I'm going to have it at my practice at Vita. Brett, will you get it at your practice? I might have to get some testing done. I'm keen to get it done on myself, Damo. I want to get the tests and see what number I am. Yeah. And then I'll see if I can get my number higher than Damo because it's a competition. Yeah, I'm going to try and get them higher than three. (laughs) It won't be difficult, Brett. You've just got to focus, that's all. (laughs) I love it. Hey, Gerald, thanks so much, mate. I'll see you on the golf course. Thank you, boys. uh, We'll see you soon. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of The Wellness Guy Show. We hope you love the new feel. Remember to continue to interact with us and tell us what you thought of this and other episodes. Please head to facebook.com forward slash thewellnessguys and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. This is the way that we get to share our message with the world. For more information about Bredo and all that he's up to, please head to drbredhill.com.au. And to find out more about me, head to damienchristoff.com. Until we meet again, continue to bring wellness into your life and we'll join you next time on The Wellness Guy Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.